Welcome to the ninth episode of Long Live Play, the number one Australian PlayStation podcast full of lukewarm takes and mental breaks hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst, and the COD to my battlefield, Mr. Kale Adam. There you go. Govinda, I'm going well because I am uniquely evolved to survive the most rigorous of lockdowns. Every fibre of my being was waiting for this moment. And now we're here. We're in a short, sharp lockdown and I am thriving. (laughs) It's like you've been mentally and physically preparing for this for the last three years of being immobile at home playing video games. Three years, three decades. I've been fucking... <laughs> this you is my to... destiny right here. You used to be more active in your youth, though. You used to go out and have fun with people, and now you just stay at home with your dog and play video games. So you are uniquely prepared for this. I would say I've optimized my life. I've narrowed it down to the most essential people and the most essential things. So you're right, you've narrowed it down. It's the sausage dog, it's the video game. <laughs> so it's you, your dog, your wife, and me. That's the essentials. Yeah, it's basically, you could look yeah, at I'm, like I'm essential now. You know it. I'm your, essential. Uh, executive producer and editor-in-chief slash CEO of this podcast. The government has designated me essential, so I'm essential, actually, to the country. I'm also essential, apparently, because I have to go into work tomorrow as well. They're getting fucking very loose with that term, essential. Well, look, essentially, like, (laughs) if you think you're essential, I think that means that you are. According, a, yeah, according to the Queensland government, yeah, that is correct. It's just essentially everyone <laughs> imposing their own self-importance. And I'm essential, so I'm going to go to work tomorrow because I have to. Otherwise, they won't pay me. <laughs> Which is and essential. you're essential because if people don't get coffee, then they'll kill themselves. They'll be very upset. And that's something I think we can all understand. How has your... Uh, incarceration being. I'm a grass is always greener kind of person Mm. where when I'm at work, the thought of lockdown is the best. (laughs) (laughs) And once I'm in lockdown, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going into like PTSD because I was in America locked down for like three and a half, four months last year. So it's all coming back to me right now. It's all flashing back to how average working from home is. (laughs) Uh, At the same time, I'm also... I dream of working from home whenever I'm at work, so I I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm broken. I try and remain somewhat open-minded. Obviously, this isn't great for everyone, but we live in a place where this hasn't really happened before. We're two years into a pandemic. We had like a lockdown for like three days at one point, I think. <laughs> so uh, we're <laughs> well, it was like at, what, three weeks ago, dude. You, uh, did you not go into lockdown last year? Yeah, it wasn't a hard lockdown or anything. It's like this is the the closest. Essentially, the coronavirus is something I've read about online. Is my experience <laughs> with it. <laughs> In the part of the world I've had that I no live in. real experience. Yeah, I was in California and was in lockdown for, yeah, like I think it was like three and a half or four months. I like to say it in days because it sounds way more impressive, but it was it like sounds... 200 and something days. Yeah, no, apocalyptic. That, that's, not, that's too many. That, that was way too many. Yeah, that's like. It was a lot of days. It was like 113 days. That sounds way more like it. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like 200. That's like over half a year. That's impossible. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's right now. It's pretty great. We're at like, well, what's this day three? Day three. Day three. Well, it got extended five more days, right? Mm, yeah, till Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. This is the beginning of the end. This is how New South Wales started. It's just a week. It's just going to be a week. This one does. Do you know how many seem... cases there were today? Did you, this is. I don't know the answer to this, but do you know how many cases there were today? I want to say it was fifteen or sixteen. 
Which again is such Sick. a shockingly low number for anyone outside of Australia, but this dude, is... I, I literally was messaging friends that I play games with sometimes about playing a game together, mm. and I was like, "And I've got all the time in the world. I'm in. We're, we're we're back in lockdown again." And they looked at the news and then started laughing at me that <laughs> we'd gone into lockdown. <laughs> we'd gone into lockdown after like twenty cases, and they're still getting like fifty thousand a day, and they're like. It's fine. It is wild. It's like, and obviously I'm all for it. It's a great, great thing. But like, our- they're also counting our state versus their country, and there's way more like percentage of population comes into it a little bit as well. It's pretty shocking when you think like Queensland is roughly equivalent to the state of Florida, except that they have ten times the population in that in state. size. Yeah. Oh no, dude, you. It's even bigger. Oh, substantially. Uh, what Florida? Queensland. Oh, yeah, you know, sorry, I meant, um, did I Queensland say geographically? Is like, Queensland is the equivalent to, like, most of the East Coast over there. It's really that big. It's huge. Australia is, I went onto a, a website that was, I forget what it was actually called, but it was, like, shows you, the, the maps you see in an atlas mm. are not representative of the actual size of the continents. Mm. It's a little bit mutated to fit onto the map. Um, and so what it is is a website where you can drag a country over another country and it shows you its actual relative size. Interesting. But if you drag Australia over America, Australia is actually a bit bigger than the USA. Oh, that's pretty weird. Which would mean that Queensland is huge. <laughs> but anyway, Australia's huge. Yeah. Queensland's gigantic. 20 cases. We're in lockdown. <laughs> I'm getting that jab tomorrow. I've been very proud of myself for this. Getting those um, blood clots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting involved. Uh, it's going to be an interesting time. Getting that, uh, that shit vaccine. The uh, bottom of the barrel. Chances of getting that blood clot are like winning the lottery, so I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> what if that actually happens? I'm not going to lie. I would lie. buy a lottery ticket then if, <laughs> if that actually happened. I'm a little bit nervous. I only be because I don't want to do that. I want that Pfizer, baby. I want that good shit. Oh, we're not getting it for so long. But we still have some. And I, like somehow people I know are getting Pfizer. I think they're putting some money under the fucking table, you know what I mean? Well, I think it's a it's something to do with the fact that like people can be booked in to get their Pfizer vaccine, but if they don't show up to get it, once the vaccine's been thawed, it cannot be frozen again and they just throw it away. Which is crazy. So they go into like a they go onto like a waiting list and I think the idea is that once someone doesn't show up, it's getting towards the end of the day, you just get a message being like, Hey, we got one for you. And you go and you get it. I love that. And I think the go is that once you've had the first one, you just have to get another Pfizer. So you're kind of locked in at that point to get Pfizer again. I want to know how you feel about this. Here's a tweet I came across this morning as I was scrolling the internet. It's from an account called at Grift Shop. And it says, uh, calling anti-vaxxers pro-choice and vaxxers pro-life to ramp up the new culture war. (laughs) How do you you feel about that? (laughs) So if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're pro-choice. And if you're... Pro-vaxxer, you're pro-life. I think it makes That's perfect actually sense. actually so funny. It's quite good. How, <laughs> I've never thought in my life I could be both pro-life and pro-choice. Yeah, look. It's, it's a crazy. beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So look. It's all, it's all a circle, right? <laughs> Left and right wing. It's all a circle. Eventually, you just loop around. You're the same fucking You go person. far enough from the center, it's all anarchy. It's all the same. So look, I'll report back in next week with my new powers. Hopefully, I'm hoping I can channel Wi-Fi out of my body, point at things, provide Dude, them you're with gonna internet. you're going to have the best 5G reception. It's going to be great. It's going to be, be crazy. <laughs> Cancer, obviously. That comes with it, but the that goes best without 5G saying. reception. But with advances in modern medicine, I imagine that cancer is eventually going to be nothing more than just a router, like a, a modem in your body. Like, it's just really going to perpetuate the signal so that I can mm. hop onto the 5G when I'm near you. I'm basically going to be a human hotspot. <laughs> what sort of data plan are you going to get? I don't even know what data plan I'm on. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're... Uh, 
for your vaccine? What sort of data plan for the vaccine? Fucking, I don't know. AstraZeneca, uh, what do you want from me? I don't know, dude. Let's move along and, and talk about how we've been spending our lockdowns. Look, I'm really glad you asked. I'm, as you know this, I'm several years behind popular television at any given time. I've been uh, catching up on Ozark. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this oh, TV you misinterpreted what I was meaning. That was my no, segue I, into what have we been playing, and I, I, knew I couldn't exactly care less about what you're watching. <laughs> I couldn't care less about Ozark. Although I did watch the first two seasons, it's pretty good. I just hit that th- season three, it's incredible. How could you have stopped at season two? How Can could I tell you, you why? Can I tell you? I don't know if I want to know. I mean, I'm further than you, so you can't spoil it. Go ahead. I can't spoil it. You want to know how I stopped? Why? I just didn't watch it anymore. <laughs> Like, I found other things to spend my time on. So, that's yeah, that's pretty much how I stopped watching it. The whole sentiment is false. Well, I'm just telling you what happened, baby. You mm. asked me the question. Anyway, well, that's a really good time for me, and that's how I've been spending my time. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that shit out of the way, All right. how, what games have you been playing with your lockdown, Kale? Divinity Original Sin 2. It continues. All right. I said I wasn't going to talk about it. I'm not really. I'll let you go with that. But I will say that the Platinum continues apace. I would, if I had to, if you pushed me, if if I had to give you a number, I'd say I'm somewhere at like 35, 40% towards... I hope you team wipes. I hope you got a team wipe. No, here's the thing, because I'm backing I'm up for right now. my saves to the cloud. <laughs> you know what that means? It takes what? me like maybe 45 seconds and I've got to close the game to save. And this is a game where you need to be saving all the time. So I'm being a little bit loose. I did actually lose some progress this morning and it sucked. But Dude, ultimately, that's my whole experience with this game is losing progress. Look, you take it from here because you've had a roller coaster, haven't you? Not a roller coaster. I just started. I realized I'd fucked up and wasted experience on on companions that I wasn't going to go forward with. Mm. I was taking your advice and going the lone wolf with one companion, and I was under leveled, and I just got to a fight, and I was like, I can't beat this, and I'm pretty sure I need to be able to beat it to progress. So I just stopped. I spoke to you. I found a build for like a hunter, like ranger. Like, it's a ranger, like a summoner slash archer. Yeah. Uh, and that's been going pretty well. Uh, but then I got to a point on the island where they a lady... I won the contest. I won a contest on the arena. Yeah, yeah. And then I went back up, and the lady... I don't know, she makes stuff. She took my collar off. I didn't. Yeah, I the like, blacksmith. Okay. Yeah. That's wicked. And then I started just cruising around town thinking that was going to be okay. And then immediately was stopped by a guard. And they're like, where's your collar? Yeah, of course. Like, oh, what do you... <laughs> I never got one. And then they were like, well, you did. And now you're in jail. And I ended up in prison. And it was like, I didn't have my stuff. I didn't know how to get out. Yeah. And all I did was I found a teleportation scroll and I teleported the, the prisoner next to me into my cell. <laughs> only to find out that just turned out, it turned into combat. And uh-huh. then we fought. And then I was stuck in my cell. and I didn't know how to get out. <laughs> and that was it. It's a very well-realized game. Like, yeah, you're on this island as a prisoner. Everyone wears the collar. If a guard sees you without the collar, you think it's a good thing because it's gameplay. There are reasons to get the collar off. But yeah, there's well, a yeah, lot I of shit in this game my wolf like that. Finally, and I couldn't summon my wolf. And then she's like, I'll take the collar off. I was like, fuck yeah, let me summon the wolf, baby. <laughs> and then bam, I'm in jail. And I is there literally, have you been put in jail? Do you know how to get out? There is ways to get out. Like you can always kind of just cheat and just hit pause and go to waypoints and just teleport to a waypoint. You can oh, always do that. Dude, I, I know. Like, you don't really think of that. Face. Are you kidding? Um, you could also. That's fucked, dude. Because it, it was funny because my companion was outside still, but he yeah. didn't have a lockpick and he doesn't have the thievery to break the lock. And to get to where I was, I would have to go through a cave and fight all these fire monsters that I c- couldn't beat alone. Mm. And so I just kind of reloaded a save, and the save to me looked like the save like I came out of the arena, which is like a loading screen. And I was like, obviously it's going to auto save after that. But when I loaded back, I was before the arena. 
Yeah, okay. And I was really upset about that. And then I went, I did the fight again, but I wanted to unlock these chests and it was a whole thing. And eventually I died in the fight and I just was like, I'm, I'm done for now. Yeah. So I pretty much put in like, <laughs> I pretty much, I probably put in like maybe 10 hours over two playthroughs. I don't know if that's accurate. Maybe even a little less, eight hours maybe over two playthroughs. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And um, then I, f- I looked at it again. I looked at the game as if I was going to play it again. And I was just like... Not today, Satan. Not today. Um, so I, I just tried to figure out something else to play. And after talking to you and you telling me that you were about to get the Divinity Platinum, the rarity thing is less important to me now because I've accepted I'm never getting this Platinum. Like I'm never oh, look, doing it. This and is, that's totally acceptable that's to me. That's fine. But I felt the need to counter your Platinum. With a Platinum of your own. With a Platinum of my own. So I, I re-downloaded Miles Morales. Okay. I'd already finished it. I'd already done most of the cleanup for the trophies. It was just the New Game Plus playthrough I had to do. Uh, the 100 times combo, which I thought was going to be a little bit annoying to grind, but actually wasn't too bad. Mm. I cheesed it. I'll tell you how later. <laughs> I'll tell you how now. I cheesed it. If you put it onto the easiest difficulty, you can just keep hitting circle. You dodge everything. And even if you get hit, it doesn't reset your combo meter. Oh, that's incredible. It's it's the easiest cheese. Literally, like, you keep hitting circle, and if you dodge something, it's going to add to your combo counter. So that way you could literally have... I had, like, 10 enemies around me just constantly attacking me, and I would just dodge everything, take a few hits here now and again. Easy 100. And then after that, it was just a matter of just finishing the game again. There was, like, one little missable that I had to do during one of the story missions, which was super easy. It was kind of another cheese, but you just have to win in a little competition with another character. Um, and it's a, it's a button-tapping game. Like, you just tap one button really, really quickly, and then I realized... Well, I didn't realize. I do this all the time accessibility settings anytime there's tap prompts in games i change make it to, it to hold. hold yeah i do that now too so in this tapping contest you can just hold it and you'll always win easy one again uh and then it was a matter of just finishing new game plus uh, which i did and it really really highlighted how easily it is to beat this game quickly okay I, st- I essentially started new game plus yesterday and i finished it yesterday oh wow and i would say in total i probably finished that game in like six hours on new game plus yeah right on so yeah that was a nice easy little platy yesterday Oh, so you got um, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did it. Oh, shit. That is- locked, it, locked and loaded. <laughs> yeah, wow. That is yesterday. very uh, efficient. Um, I also have another one in the bank if I want to, if I feel like you're catching up to me again. I've yeah, got another well. one that I can get nice and easily, but I'm not going to do it just yet. I need to just hold off, you know? Don't want to blow my wad. Yeah, I need to like progress in secret, get closer to a few and... No, no. We, we air it out on the podcast. <laughs> There's no in secret. You tell me when you get them and we'll continue from there, all right? Speaking of airing it out on the podcast, we're going to air our dirty laundry right now our filthy little drawers. We're going to wave them about right here, right now, because Govinda, I texted you fucking half a week ago and you never responded. So we're going to do this right now. I've been playing The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. And this this is a game that is playable on PS4, but you know what? I'm playing it on the motherfucking Nintendo Switch. <laughs> oh, that's what you were talking about. Okay. That's I was what like, I was what the about. fuck are you talking about? What message are you talking about? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you're talking about the next game in your list, which I have so many questions about. Oh yeah, we're going to get to that. Don't so you many about questions that. about it. I'm actually really fucking annoyed about <laughs> it being there. So Ace Attorney is a series that has a, a lovely little spot in my heart. I didn't know I loved or needed these games in my life, but it turns out I do. And this is the newest one. So it's a visual novel. You're essentially, you don't really do much. The closest that you would have played, Govinda, it's kind of like Danganronpa, but it's lighter and funnier. 
That works for me because I never finished Danganronpa. Yeah, it's not so brutal. A little bit of like thinking, but you don't really do too much. It's like mostly you're just along for the ride. It's very like over the top legal drama with like, you know, twists upon twists upon twists. And yeah, it's something I'm I'm really liking. Although I will say the broken part of me wishes I had played it on PS4 because I think it's a pretty doable platinum. But this kind of game I like to play in bed. I like to fall asleep with my little console. Right on top of me. Yeah, look, I you asked me if if you I was okay with you talking about a game you that's on PlayStation that you weren't playing on PlayStation. That's right. That's and I, right. I'm actually totally fine with it. I think it's fine too. You could have sneakily just not told me that you were well. That was my plan. Switch but... and just spoken about it. The one thing I would say as like a is we probably shouldn't talk about anything to do with like fidelity and performance unless you're actually playing it on PlayStation. That's why I think this is kind of the perfect uh, crossover title because there is no difference between the platforms. I actually checked. Like it's same resolution, same everything. All right, hit me with your next game. Uh, Fire so this away. one, I I took, I was offended. I was, I felt personally attacked last week when you were talking about how if I, you don't recommend something to me that I don't play anything. Um, I don't think you're capable of thinking for yourself. But I'll well, stand by that. Go fuck yourself. Uh, I I I started playing a game called The Forest, and started really loose because this happened after I got the platinum for Miles Morales, and I was already pretty burnt out from just playing like a game all day. So I haven't put a lot of time in. Yeah. But the game's called The Forest uh, by End Night Games. Mm. I uh, it's essentially, I assume they're independent. Actually, I don't know the details, but it was, it was it's on sale for ten bucks in Australia, and it's a first-person survival game where you are essentially on a plane with your son, your young child son, your young boy, uh, and. <laughs> The plane crashes into a forest, and when you wake up on the plane in the wreckage, there is this fucking humanoid being that is in shadows taking your son away. Yeah. And then you kind of come to eventually in the day, and everyone's been everyone's gone except for one lady who's murdered with an axe that you then use to kind of do all your crafting and breaking of trees Love it. and whatnot. <laughs> Love it. Um, and it does some really cool things in term in like the survival genre that I haven't really seen before that I personally haven't seen before. They might exist. Where like you have a survival book mm. and so what you do is you go cool I need to build I need to build like a cabin and it will say cool it takes 80 89 wood 89 logs to build a cabin and so you place it down on the ground and you just have to fill it up with the logs that are missing oh that is cool that which is, is kind of nice unique. and once you've placed it on the ground on the bottom left it then shows you like hey here's all the resources in your camp that you're building here's all the resources you need so like you can put down a fire you can put down like a temporary shelter I put down a log cabin as well and it tells me all the resources I'm looking for for all of them yeah so you can kind of keep track of it that way it's kind of less thinking and less like constantly looking in your survival book and your survival mm. guide um, there's lots of different things going on it's just kind of interesting I like when you break down trees it falls into like five big logs yeah, and you can okay. only carry two at a time and you literally carry them on your shoulder huh. um, it's just a really interesting game and then out of nowhere these fucking well this is what I wanted to talk to you about so I don't know much about this game except I think I listened to a podcast one time and they basically presented it how you did they're like it's you know it's mostly colorful at nights and it's fine and then suddenly I was just like looking over the horizon and there was a figure looking back at me from the edge of the forest and then it was gone and then it was all fine again for a little while and then suddenly these fucking cannibals or whatever are just hunting you <laughs> in real time it seemed like yeah I don't even know what they are either like they look yeah. like you'd think zombies but not really um, I think that's probably part of the story but at some point you get like knocked out and kidnapped and end up in a cave because mm. um, literally like in your survival guide it says things that you should do. I think that, what are they called? Ah, oh, it doesn't even matter. But it's like a section of like, 
essentially your quest. Yeah, it's okay. Like find out what happened to the passengers, find your son. And then there was another one that's like build an SOS sign on the ground out of just stones. And yeah, that's fair. It's all about, I don't know, following a breadcrumb trail of, to find your son and all these passengers. It's, it's just kind of interesting. And it was, I don't know, it looks actually really nice considering it's like a small game that I'm assuming is an independent developer because it was both developed and published by End Night Games. I, I'm just intrigued by it. And I was surprised at how uh, quickly I was like, this is really interesting. And now I, I have to proposition you because it is multiplayer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd get involved in that. And it's I'm a bit scared to play it on my own. $10 <laughs> on sale right now. Yeah, I'll pick that up. What I was going to say was I've noticed this game quietly at the top of like you know, bestseller lists in sales and things. And I just checked, uh, the last sales numbers I could see, it had passed 5 million in 2018. So this game has sold shockingly well. Yeah, I don't know when it happened, but I think it's it was essentially was on Steam only for a long time. And I think maybe semi-recently came to PlayStation. Yeah. Don't quote me on any of that. It's just what I was looking at <laughs> yesterday, but I'm pretty sure that's how, how it went. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, yeah, good on them. It's something I've always been interested in, but then, yeah, there's sort of this horror element that scares the absolute shit out of me because, like, even in other survival games I've told you about, like that Valheim, that's like a sort of slightly more cartoony, you know, Norse thing where there's, like, little goblin creatures that can creep up on you and they're not, like, even very scary at all, but that scares the shit out of me. Like, in Minecraft, the little creepers, like, coming into your house at night like scares yeah, they the sneak shit up on you too <laughs> i don't they know what it is on you. <laughs> it's okay that's something we can um the price was right you know i didn't want to do a heavy investment into something i wasn't going to play a lot of well you mean like uh, divinity original sin too yeah 85 dollars and i've <laughs> i'm it's it's uh slowly breaking my spirit i knew it would i refuse uh, i don't refuse i'm just i don't want to put the difficulty down i just want to cop it and like the fights haven't been super difficult i could have yeah. won the arena again but i tried to be mm-hmm. shitty and get the chests that were in there rather than just take the fight yeah that's a risky move honestly like this what you're doing is the hardest part of the game and maybe when you start the next big island or coastline like that the very start of that is probably i mean you go to a new place what what the fuck are you (laughs) but yeah it's a very um interestingly balanced because you don't have any skills you don't have any gear it's tough but moving on, unless there was anything else there, was, would that be rude of me? To just, no, 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 no. I just, we should play The Forest. We can talk more about it. I haven't played enough of it to really tell you too, too much about it. We've got to get back to Don't Starve. And I've really got to get back to um A Plague Tale. But that really fell by the wayside as Divinity got its... Yeah, hoopsie. I'm pretty sure on the podcast I said I'd definitely play A Plague Tale. And I think I deleted it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> brutal. Brutal. Um, so with zero thanks to Square Enix, I figured out my Final Fantasy XIV situation. And... This might shock you to know, Govinda, but it was easier than I thought. Knowing you in any sort of like technology system-based thing, that's exactly what I was expecting. Well, look, it was and it wasn't. So what it cost me was that I had to buy the game again. That's what it cost uh, me. You- are a piece of shit. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it was. it's also in the sale. I think it was 30 bucks, And that's the base game and the first two expansions. First three expansions. So you're telling sorry. me right now yeah. that I should get Final Fantasy fourteen. I mean, if you want to... Will you actually play it with me? Because I find it difficult to get you to play anything with me, even if we've spoken about it before. I mean, we just have to figure it out. Like, there's no universe where I'd play the base game ever again. Because, and I, here's the thing, I can just tell you that you won't either. There's no way you will play it. It takes, like, 70 hours. Oh, I'll hours. boost. I don't give a shit. I'll boost. I was talking to a friend oh, about playing boost, Destiny can... again. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, I'll play it from the beginning. I was like, well, I'm going to boost, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, this is going to upset Final Fantasy XIV purists, but I really think it's actually sub-average. 
until like honestly even like the main story of where I'm up to now it's not the best thing in the world it's an MMO um yeah can an MMO really have like a fantastic story it's certainly cool like it's Final Fantasy so like it's it's a little bit cool. The base game is so boring and it's so basic. Like, it's this is MMO quest design from 12 years ago. It's just like, go talk to this dude, go kill three goblins, go Didn't they pick fix up a that, log. Though? Wasn't that the whole, like, no. Re- Realm Reborn? No, that was a whole other thing. That was just the game was so literally broken that they bombed the whole thing. The cool part is they actually did it in real time. So, like, in the lore of the story, Bahamut summons Meteor and destroys the planet. And the cool thing was, if you're logged in at the time, you can see the Meteor coming and it just destroyed the entire world. And that's how they did the Realm Reborn. Yeah, then they rebooted it and just made a new game. <laughs> and it's like set after the Meteor Strike. So it's like kind of a cool concept. I like stuff like that. Like yeah. One thing about Fortnite that I always thought was really cool is like, like the community would find weird shit happening in the in the level and the map and be like what is this? What is going yeah, on? What does it, it would mean? Be part of the next season. Oh, I should have put um, Ariana Grande's in the new season of Fortnite. Oh, should have put that I, in the I news. I could not give Should have put that in there. less shits. Don't give one shit. Hey, oh. That game is pure cancer, okay? <laughs> I just you couldn't said anymore. It. You said I, it. I played, I played like, what, season one, season two, maybe a bit of season three, and then I was like, I just can't anymore. It's a lot. I don't even know what I was saying. Basically, the first couple of expansions for Final Fantasy XIV, I don't think you're missing anything to jump it. What would we even play then? Well, see, the newest expansion is the one that got all the 10 out of 10s. It's, like, quite good. Shadowbringers. Can I even boost that quickly to that? Oh, yeah, that's what I did. So you can boost directly to that? Yeah, which I is level 70. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's what I've spent like maybe three hours over the last couple of days doing is just trying to understand the 30 skills I have and like how to, how they work, what to do. <laughs> like, it's I a feel lot. like it's a bad investment for me. This is my problem. I, like, I, yeah. I want to, I want to do it, but I feel like I'll spend 30 bucks or whatever it is and then be like, this is just not it and I'll, I just won't play it. I've just got to have it in my back pocket because I think the next one's probably going to be pretty good too. Just the people like, like I follow online rave about this game and I feel like, like the I'm next expansion something. or the next yeah. online Final Fantasy so yeah the next expansion comes out in a couple of months it's called Endwalker and um, how much is that gonna be like you know what I mean yeah it never ends and you're paying monthly to play this game too <laughs> like it's oh I didn't know that I'm out of course it is no, yeah I'm... it's a subscription oh no I'm out yeah sorry nah. anyway the only I... way I'm subscribing to a game is if it's free to play and there's like like you know what I mean I know what you mean but that's uh <laughs> we look down upon that in the MMO community uh you can only maintain <sighs> quality through a subscription based model Govinda you go no, no, free no, no. to play I mean, you get Fortnite I, I will subscribe but only if the base game is free to play like I'm not paying oh. 40 or 50 dollars for the game just oh, to then yeah, subscribe they're... to it there you go if you really wanted to play the base game I believe you can do a trial for two weeks and you can play through the whole base game no that's not what I want I'm just saying I just think it's ridiculous <laughs> that you're going to pay for a game that then you need to subscribe to. Yeah, that's It's like saying, oh, so Netflix is $50 yeah. and then $12 a month after that. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah, look, there's there's an argument. They do uh, update it a lot. So, like, they're always adding new shit to it in the way that Netflix Unacceptable. does. Unacceptable. And, like, people who say, like, server maintenance, oh, server maintenance, they're going to pay for that. I'm like, no. Why? How does every single player game that has multiplayer not charge you for the multiplayer experience? That's another That's another fun rabbit hole to go down. We got, we're on, like, what, 10 years since this game first came out? and they're just going to put in an Australian server for this next expansion. So I had to go nah, down this I'm like, out. Sorry. Yeah. I made the decision. 
I had to go down this along. rabbit hole of like, what is the Australian server? <laughs> like, which Japanese See, look, one do I jump on? <laughs> I don't care about this anymore. So we are going to move along into something look, I that's do fine, care that's about, fine, that's which fine. is the news that we care about. Take it away, Kale. Just before we jump right in there, I just had to, this wasn't worthy of a full story, but I did just want to point out that the whole uh, Blue Box saga continues. The uh, PS5 abandoned app is uh, up. Apparently, there's nothing on it, but you can download it. It's on your PlayStation. Uh, And Blue Box themselves uploaded this picture. I hope you can look at this for yourself, Govinda, but a lot of scuttlebutt on what this is. Very clearly looks like either Big Boss or Solid Snake in the background. I don't know what to do with this story anymore. (laughs) It's a man with an eye patch. If this doesn't just turn into Hideo Kojima with an eye patch, I don't care. It's incredible, isn't it? Like, it's... Look, we can move along because there's nothing really to add, but it just keeps going. So there's nothing on the app at all? No, (laughs) it's like... That's like another couple of weeks away before they're gonna... You can, like, preload the the trailer I don't know. It's to kill us, I think. It's like to just... Fucking... I, it's a funny, like, it's one of these things that I was interested in when it first started and it's gone so deep that I just don't care anymore. I do think they've burnt any goodwill. Like, it was kind of cute to start with, but now it's just like, I just want this. Just tell us... Just what tell you, me what it God is. It. Shut the fuck up. Despite stock being extremely limited, the PlayStation 5 is the fastest selling Sony console ever made, passing 10 million units sold in less than a year. It reached this milestone a full month faster than the PlayStation 4 did. PlayStation boss Jim Ryan expects sales to skyrocket once stock shortages issues have been addressed, although it's anyone's guess as to when that might be the case. The PS2 is the best-selling console of all time, having sold 155 million units, and so while there is considerable ground to make up, the PS5 only launched last November and thus has 20 years in which to get there. For comparison, the PS4 currently sits at 115 million units sold. 10 million, Gavinda, that's not too bad. Yeah, and this way I take some sort of umbrage with people complaining about how hard it is to get. I'm like, dude, we've, it's selling quick. It's just, a, it's just, a, it's just, they're getting it out. I wouldn't, I don't blame Sony necessarily. You can only make so much of something. It is what it is. I don't know if you're online enough to have seen the argument that people like, when they announce this, people like, oh, well, cool, they're all going to scalpers and scalpers are hoarding these things and like sitting on them like some kind of dragon on a hoard of gold like a smaug yeah but <laughs> i think scalpers the savvy enough to do the scalping and to get in there like i wasn't there something where they got into like the back end of best buy's website and purchased all of the consoles before they even got posted on the website <laughs> i don't know that sounds likely but so they're not dumb right and they also understand understand like the longer they hold them the lower their value is gonna yeah, be yeah that's it there's no incentive to hold yeah, you're not sitting on them like a hoard of treasure because eventually in, in a year there's going to be enough out that you can just buy one in a store and you'll be like, oh, fuck, these are worth yeah, wh- nothing. <laughs> what am I doing with this? <laughs> I have to now? sell all of them at a loss. What a terrible investment. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna shout out my brother here because he he's obtained like four PS5s and not like not to scalp, just for friends of his who wanted to get one. <laughs> sure. Literally today the he was like, oh, Best Buy's got them. Oh, not Best Buy, uh, Big W's got them. And he just went to the website and he got one and he's done. Maybe that's so you like, just have to-, to be devil's advocate. I've got to imagine it's harder in the US. That's why, like, as the Australian PlayStation podcast, I was more referring to the Australian experience. Yeah. They're probably still hard to get, don't get me wrong. He's on a Twitter that is PS5 restocks. Okay. And they just post, like, oh, they're going to get a restock. And he's like, oh, okay. And he checks, and usually they do. I, I do just feel like if you really want one of these things, you'll get it. Or at the very worst, you would have paid a scalper for it buy now like if you really I, really wanted one i really hope that people don't buy them from the scalpers you just got to do it you I, know no no i want to disincentivize disincentivize these scalpers <laughs> like if you don't buy them from them they won't do it anymore 
Yeah, but look, you know what I'm scarcity creates opportunities for the black market to thrive. Yeah, but that's why I'm just like, you don't need it. You're going to be fine. Like, you're going to be fine. <laughs> Honestly, just go get a Twitter account. I think it's literally called PS5 Restock Australia or something like that. I'm sure you can find it. Just get on there. You'll get one if you want one. I would just say don't get a scalped one. Where do you think this ends? So we're not even a year into the PS5 cycle. What are the total numbers we're looking at? Once the supply has evened out, give it five years. Where do you think this thing's at? Consider that the PS4 has been out for, what, seven years and it's sitting at $115 million. Um, I actually would, I would wager to say it might not outsell the PS4. I had to think the same thing too, because I want to be bullish and be like, no, it will, but yeah, I don't know that it will. <laughs> I think it's the hot commodity right now, but I, I kind of miss PlayStation being on the back foot because they used to do cool shit. Mm. And now that they're just top dogs and they were last generation, they're going into this generation with that mentality. I feel like it'll be like the PS3, Xbox 360 era, but in reverse, where like Xbox is going to start picking up momentum going into the back end of the cycle and they're going to probably maybe come out on top, which is know. what happened with the PS3 and the 360. I don't know where I saw it. I really should have linked to it. But I saw something when I was putting this all together that... You, do you know that Xbox just hasn't released numbers in years? Like, the only reason people know how the Xbox is doing is by doing, like, really creative maths and looking at, like, console sales as a whole. Like, they have they also look at, like, uh, trophy stats and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, like, how many machines are connected. And it's crazy. Like, they, they just aren't saying it, which isn't a good thing. It means they're, like, quite Yeah, it's a never a good thing. Is this, um... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure PlayStation did this in the PS3 era. Were they like... They just didn't release numbers for ages because they were like, well, why tell you openly we're losing this? Yeah, it's not a good look for anyone. It's, um... I saw numbers like that, you know, the Series X and S are basically doing about a third of what PS5 is doing. So you're looking at like three and a half million. Yeah, and I think I think maybe another reason they wouldn't release numbers for Xbox is like it's probably like not important to them. Yeah. Again, like they've got Game Pass. They all these games are playable on PC and like mobile devices at this point. So I don't think for them that the console is really the indicator of success for them. Whereas Sony, literally, outside of TVs, doesn't really have much else. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, they do other things, like cameras and whatever, but PlayStation is like a whole separate entity almost from play- from Sony. And like the only one profitable, right? It's like kind of bucking mm, up I'm the sure there's other the divisions company. that are profitable, but nothing probably as profitable as PlayStation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I don't I don't know. I, I hope PlayStation starts doing some things. I hope, honestly, that they start feeling threatened because when they're threatened and backed into a corner, they do cool stuff. But right now, it's feeling a little bit meh. And even I'm, as a avid, long-time PlayStation-only fan, I'm like, dude, if four, three years from now, if Xboxes are cheap, I'm maybe just going to buy one just so I can play Outer Worlds yeah. and Elder Scrolls and Fallout. There's nothing wrong with that. Or, although, again, you get that little Steam Deck. Dude, even even <laughs> more crazy is I potentially am just going to build a PC. Look, I, I think you probably should. You're the kind of person that would love that. I hated building one, but I like the end product. I feel like you might enjoy it. I want to build it. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in Australia, with our consumer laws, if I break anything, <laughs> I'll just be like, it didn't work. And then get them to replace it for me for free. <laughs> That's uh, shady as fuck and you heard it here. Oh yeah, baby. Take first. advantage. <laughs> Look, let's move right along, Govinda, you're up. We have learned from an interview with Jim Ryan over at gamesindustry.biz that in addition to selling a buttload of consoles, PS5 games are hitting some impressive sales milestones in their own right. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales has sold 6.5 million copies. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart has already topped 1.1 million. MLB The Show 21 currently sits on 2 million units distributed to buyers. Returnal, 560,000 copies to its name. 
That list got more depressing as I went down, didn't it? <laughs> I, I did kind of front load that, didn't I? So this, there's a few interesting things we can glean here. Um, obviously, right off the bat, so now we know 10 million PS5s out there. That is an incredible attach rate for Miles Morales. That's a day one buy for most people, I think. It's true, yeah, but like 65% of PlayStation 5 owners own Miles Morales, which is pretty incredible. Dude, I have to say, after playing it again, I think I've said it in an episode prior, but I was annoyed that I played it day one and then they released their like performance and yep. uh, ray tracing patch boost. Um, so I got to play that again yesterday and it is so sick. This game <laughs> looks phenomenal. Like I, I, I don't think there's a game that looks better right now on, on the PS5 than Miles Morales. See, I, I'm one of these, this fucking statistic. I own it. I haven't played it. Maybe I'll jump to it, I don't know, as a little palate cleanser. But I'd oh, be interested. It's, an, it's a good one, too. Yeah. It's a bit of a collectathon if you want it to be, but the collectathon, like the things you're collecting have a purpose. Yeah. Helps you do your upgrades and stuff like that. Do, um, you, really, and do you really think it looks better than Demon's Souls? That's sort of yes. my benchmark. Yes. Yeah, Interesting. Um, I think Demon's Souls looks fantastic, but this Demon's Souls can't do ray tracing. It's also built off the bones of a 12-year-old game as well. Older. Yeah, exactly. But I and that like, comes through. It just Blue looks did nice. a really good remaster. Like it looks so good. But like you look at the character models in this, and like even their eyes, like they've got that perfect reflection. And I, I assume it's the ray tracing that's doing a lot of it. Yeah, where it looks has that glossy, and it just looks so fucking good. Just before I forget, quite telling that Demon Souls isn't on this list. I take that to mean it sold worse than Returnal. Uh, I would assume that as well. Yeah, um, and that's that was a launch game, but has a, of course like the reputation for being really difficult, which probably scared a lot of people off. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I would assume that's exactly what's going on. <coughs> that or people have played it before and didn't feel the need to play it again. Yeah. It's probably compounding it a little bit. I, um, I'm actually just interested that Returnal didn't crack a million. Yeah, see, I was thinking they're probably pretty happy with that number, but again, I have nothing to back this up. I have to imagine they're probably a little disappointed with Ratchet & Clank. That's one out of every 10 PS5 owners picked up Ratchet and Clank. I think that's very low. Yeah, that's true. That They probably expected more. Do you have the sales numbers for the first one? Uh, I don't. Sorry. That wasn't appropriate. I don't fucking read minds, Govinda. How dare you? How dare you put that on me in front of friends, family, our audience, everyone. They all think I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah, that is disappointing. What did it do? Uh, the game, which is available on both PS5 and PS4, which is Ratchet and Clank. 2016. 6.5 million copies sold worldwide. And look, to be fair, Rift Apart's been out for, what, two months? Give it time. Yeah, I know, but I would expect that you would... The most of that, the sales would come around launch and then it would trickle down, right? Yeah. So even if you extrapolate that from the 1.1 million now, like I can't imagine it's going to get over, what, 3 million by the end. And I can't imagine why. Like it looks incredible. It reviewed really well. It's family friendly. Like it should have, <laughs> it should have been enormous. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by that too. MLB The Show, I don't even know why it's on there other than it was on the list. I also <laughs> yeah, just, it's... I don't know why I'm even mentioning this right now, but the fact that everything on this list has an, an actual physical number and then for MLB The Show 21, you just literally wrote TWO for two really <laughs> irks me. <laughs> just leave me alone, all right? Uh, it's all right. Uh, let's, let's move along, Kale. This one's a big one. You heard it here first. We called it. It's happening. <laughs> the eagerly anticipated next game from developer Guerrilla Games, Horizon Forbidden West, has reportedly been delayed to 2022. Forbidden West was projected to release in late 2021, with no specific release date ever having been given. 
and Herman Holst himself was unsure if that tentative window would be hit, citing COVID-19-related delays. Herman Holst, obviously boss of uh, Sony Interactive Studios, but was the crea- creative director at Gorilla. He was some- he was a big uh, something like that. He was, he a, was big a big dog big at Gorilla. <laughs> Initially reported by Jeff Grubb, uh, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier confirmed the report of the delay. Sony has yet to comment on these reports and likely won't, but Grubb and Schreier together are a pretty hard duo to dismiss. This is always in the ether. Sony themselves said that they might not hit this Christmas window they were sort of looking at, end of 2021. Not really surprising. Definitely disappointing. Uh, definitely disappointing. I'm honestly looking at the release schedule now because I'm it's like, grim, if I don't have dude. this, what do I have? No, so f- it's not as grim as you would think. For me, you know what really blew me away? I realized like Tales of Arise is like five weeks away. Less. Very Correct. excited. Very excited for that. <laughs> you couldn't care less. Let's have a little look. What have we got? That'll hold me for a month. I'm good with that. Deathloop in September. The one that I'm actually interested in, which I don't even know when it comes out. When is it? Oh, there it is. Kenner Bridge of Spirits, which I think is going to be a real small game. That's also I September. I think, um, I believe, did that get delayed? I might have missed that. I definitely This is up to summer. date, okay. this list that I'm looking at on Push Square. Okay. Um, so it's still, it still has it there on uh, September 21st. Uh, what else do I want? Oh, yeah. It was, de- it was meant to come out in August. It was delayed till... September. Uh, a month. So it might get delayed again, but again, isn't that one person developing that whole game? I have no idea. I think it's something crazy like that. I'll look into it for next week, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, you've got Far Cry 6 coming out in October. Uh, we've got Battlefield 2042 in October. There is also Grand Theft Auto 5 PS5 version in November and Dying Light 2 in December. Oh, that's not happening. <laughs> Dying Light 2 is <laughs> not coming out. It's only been seven years. <laughs> yeah, that's not coming out. I don't think at all. Um, yeah, there's actually, there's some random games coming out. Is The Binding of Isaac Repentance, is that a new game or is it just like a remake with all the DLC or something? I believe it's a new game. I never played okay. the original. I couldn't get that. I didn't even play the original, but I hear it's really good. Just feels like a weird game to play. Aren't you like an aborted fetus? Yeah, you are that. <laughs> yeah. I you don't are know. That. It felt weird to me. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know if you follow Jeff Grubb, but he's a guy that's only just come onto my radar. Uh, he's behind a lot of these like leaks. He's like a little uh, well, I don't know. He is Scuttlebutt. <laughs> he is the Scuttlebutt. I don't know. He seemed to like have burst onto the scene in a sort of Jason Schreier-esque manner. And it's uh, it's really interesting to watch. Like, I don't even know where he works these days. A uh, Venture Beat. Cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye out. I'm just saying. Cool I'm story, saying. Hansel. Yeah. <laughs> Hot Reggie. No? Scuttlebutt. Just move on. With the release of Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut right around the corner, more details of new content have begun to surface. According to Nate Fox, creative director of Ghost of Tsushima, the new island of Iki is allegedly similar in scope to the first act of the base game, Izuhara. The expansion will allegedly offer roughly 10 to 20 hours of story and side quests in addition to optional activities. What are the optional activities? Do they say anything about this? Oh, you know, that's going to be like little cutting the bamboo. It's going to be chasing little foxies. It's all that. That's your yeah, option. Okay. I, I I'd like to think they'd add something to it. Like oh, you got the foxes in the first one. I like in all well, in the first one, in like the base game. I'd like them to do something different, you know. I believe there is a petting zoo. I believe there is some Fox. kind of animal yes, petting dude. zoo. The um, foxes were like my favorite. I used to love those foxes. They're so cute. I think it's because of your reaction and everyone else's that they decided to institute a petting zoo for all the cute animals everywhere. Yes, caged the animals. Cage the free spirits. I did see um, some of the new skills they've added. Your horse can kind of do like a, a trample 
charge kind of thing now, which looks really cool. Can you get the horse to kick them? Like, if they get behind you? I don't have that information. Oh, you're such a disappointment <laughs> to me. I don't know that. And I'd like to reiterate again that Nate Fox blowing a little bit of smoke up our little buttholes. You know what I mean? I don't think... I truly don't believe... There is any universe where an actual person who plays video games is going to get 20 hours out of this, unless you're walking in circles. I'm just going to say it. I know this in my heart. I I'm know interested. Because if it is the same size as that first section, 10 hours seems reasonable to me. 20 I is want a stretch, it to be but true. unless you're a completionist. Like, I think I've put 40 hours to finish the game, so 10 to 20 seems kind of on the money, and they'd only get smaller as you got through the areas. The first area was definitively the biggest. Look, we do have a quote here. It's just the way he kind of says it. So he says, quote, It's very similar in size to Izuhara, so it's an open world game, so it depends on how you play it. If you want to beeline through any one particular narrative aspect, it'll take different amounts of time. It goes on. But in my mind, that kind of feels like you could mainline this thing in like two hours or something. Well, it's... you can. And that's how it depends on how you play it. I, it says roughly, right? Obviously, not everyone plays the same. But mm. like I was saying with Miles Morales, I that game took me maybe 15 hours to beat the first time because I did everything. I cleaned it all up and then I played it again on New Game Plus and it took me maybe six. Yeah, I, so I know 10 what you to mean. 20 is, is definitely reasonable if you're not like, I don't know, taking the scenery, go pet a fox. I don't fast travel a lot in Ghost of Tsushima. You want to be immersed on your horse. I want. I just. It's just kind of a pleasant environment to be in, and I like going around, like beating people and getting into standoffs and saving travelers along the way. You know? <laughs> but if you're a fast traveler, then you probably get through it a bit quicker. I, don't, I can't remember. I think I did a fast travel one or two. You know what I mean? Popped around. My quandary, Govinda, is this: that I'm going to need to start this game again. How mm -hmm. much do I have to do before I can get to Iki? <laughs> you should have just played it the first time properly. Cater to me. <laughs> Cater to my demand. <laughs> What's the last open world game that you played and finished? I mean, technically, Divinity is an open world game. <laughs> no, it's... that's an RPG. No, no, don't lie to me like this. I oh, you mean I'm like a turn-based, action... like an action, open world action game? Probably Days Gone. That was like either. Oh, I don't... yeah, that's true. I don't even know when time happens anymore. That was either this year or last. I've played both of them. I haven't finished Days Gone, but I finished Ghost of Tsushima. I'm surprised that you finished Days Gone and mm. not Ghost of Tsushima. I got more sales numbers for you, Govinda, because I know you love it, you dirty capitalist. Part of me thinks this could just have been in the last news article. Continue. Death Stranding is one of the most unique games you will ever play, and despite initially seeming to get a lukewarm response, we now know that Kojima's latest bizarre outing has sold respectably well. Across both PS4 and PC, Death Stranding has sold more than 5 million copies. Before, we had only been told that the title was a success, after, quote, recouping enough profit to be ready for the next title, end quote. Uh, in comparison to other PS4 offerings, though, it shows its niche status, so... Horizon Zero Dawn did 10 million copies, and Ghost of Tsushima was 6.5, as far as we know. So for Death Stranding to do 5 million copies is pretty impressive, I think. Certainly, I think that's pretty impressive. It is such a, such a niche game, so its yeah. niche status was never really in question to me. It's a, it's like a, it's a hiking simulator. It is a hiking simulator, bolted onto a weird sci-fi allegory. Story, yeah. <laughs> like a hiking simulator with Slender Man. And again, it's really hard to get, you know, the time frame correct, but like Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, a million copies compared to this doing five. Like, isn't that crazy? I'm it not crazy. It really is surprising to me. No, you're not crazy. Like, I'm <laughs> from this whole episode. I'm taking that away the most. I'm, I'm surprised it only sold 
6.5. And part of me is thinking, and I'm spitballing here, all right? Yeah, so yeah. Just go with me down this little rabbit hole. Mm. Could it be that PS5s right now are not for children? That's an interesting concept. You would have to think people like us tuned in have kids, potentially. Yeah, though. true. But, like, I, being an adult, am not buying a PS5 for my child. Not that I have a child. But if I did, if I'm buying it, I'm buying it for me. Like, if I have a child, they're not allowed to touch the controller because daddy needs his controller to be pristine and clean and your grubby little fingers can't touch it. Yeah, I'm buying, like, a third-party wired controller for them to (laughs) pretend to play with while I'm actually playing. (laughs) Go get your Mad Cats controller. So I was just thinking, maybe it is a very... um, as you said, family-friendly game. So maybe that was part of the reason why it didn't sell better. A 12-year-old can't buy a PS5. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And yeah, and the crazy thing is Death Stranding is getting its director's cut. So it's going to sell even more. Like, people are going to double dip. Oh, I got something else in point to throw in there as well. And I don't think it just hit me. Go on. So of the ones above that you said, like Spider-Man, Mars Morales, and MLB The Show, yep. that sold more than Rift Apart... They're both available on PS4, whereas uh, Rift Apart and Returnal, who are both at like 1.1 and 560,000, they're both PS5 exclusives. You can't play them anywhere else. So that might be part of it as well. I thought Miles Morales was exclusive. Platforms, PS4, PS5, Miles Morales. Okay, well, there is a PS4 version. It just obviously doesn't have the good looks of the PS5 version. Look, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Look, let's move right along, Govinda. I think we've uh, bored people enough with our sales figures. Battlefield 2042 is allegedly set to receive more post-launch support than any other game in the franchise. We know that DICE has four battle passes and four seasons planned for the game's first year, but reliable leaker Tom Henderson has taken to Twitter to outline what he has been told each season will contain. Each season will contain one new specialist, two new maps, two portal maps... Hazard Zone update, which I don't know if we've gotten any details of just yet. Six to eight new weapons, two to three new vehicles, and a hundred season tiers. While this should be taken with a grain of salt, it would be a pretty impressive amount of content that allegedly would be coming to the game for free. Asterisk on the free. Yes. Because a season will require you to pay for a season pass almost certainly. Yeah, I, I mean, you'd know more than me here. Like, I don't even, what's a portal map? Is that something we so haven't heard about? So this is something that I meant. I, I I sent you a video of. I said to watch it twice, and you just haven't watched it. Oh, did and I, I tell you I, that I'm I surprised it? that we didn't have it in the news last week at all? Portal was revealed at a recent like Battlefield event, and it's essentially a build your own game mode. Okay. Um, you essentially have access to all of the maps in 2042, and then six of fan favorite maps from uh, eight, 1942. I think it was Battlefield 1942, Bad Company, and Battlefield Three. I might be getting that wrong, but I think that's accurate. Um, and so you can essentially make your own custom game mode where you can turn on bots, turn off bots. You can either, you can have like imbalance of teams. So they did an example where they had one squad of 2042 soldiers going up against a team of 20 World War II soldiers with their kits. Wow. So you can essentially configure a game mode and your own custom server exactly how you want it to do, even down to like, I forget what they call it. There's a... There's a web tool that they're going to give you access to, which is essentially developer tools. So you can make custom rule sets. You can do completely custom games inside all the 2042 maps, those six older maps that were fan favorites. Um, And you can mix it up however you want. I think the only limitation they said was that you can't have a mix of soldier types on the same team. Okay. Um, But they would do it. They had a one where it was like all 2042 soldiers or all uh, bad company soldiers with defibrillators and all World War II soldiers with knives. And that's the whole game. (laughs) 
<laughs> they did Sounds another totally game mode ridiculous. where it was. I know, right? There was one game mode they did where it was like one tank versus twenty little like robotic dudes. I don't know. It looks it looks interesting, but it's a build your own <laughs> battlefield essentially, which well, I think is going to be interesting. And fans have been wanting it for a while, and it feels like I can finally do a conquest game without vehicles. <laughs> that would be great. Like just big infantry conquest would be yeah that would be fun especially with 124 players per side the shit's gonna get wild yeah i'm very excited for that very excited for that uh hasn't owns another game mode they haven't told us anything about yeah i was gonna say uh so yeah that's something totally new this is my game of the year so far and it hasn't even come <laughs> out but it's the game i'm actually excited for everything else i'm like oh, i'll play canna bridge of spirits looks fun and interesting whatever <laughs> but like this is the game i'm actually fucking hyped for so you this would be your tales of arise is this what you're saying you're such a weeb <laughs> but yes cool it's cool all right you just you don't better get, get this it. game cal you better get this ca- oh yeah i'll get it for sure fuck up. it's gonna be fun i think i'm kind of i'll say this on air i'm kind of done with uh battlefield 5 at the moment you keep uh try- trying to bully me this is what happened right we had a podcast <laughs> once and you said, yeah, I should just have it downloaded so I can play it. And you never downloaded it and you never played it again. So for you to be like, I'm kind of done with it, you're making it sound like you played <laughs> it at all since then. But you haven't. Look, space is a premium on my PS5. I need to have my 10 JRPGs that I'm not playing lined up, ready to go, just as motivation for me, really. Something to work towards. I think the last thing I'm going to say about this is that it says an impressive amount of stuff coming for free. We'll see if it's free. We'll see if it's free. Usually you'll have to pay for things. Depends. I, I'm just basing this off Call of Duty Warzone. New weapons were part of the battle pass or part of like the season pass. Yeah, and you would get like, what, a bunch of cosmetic items, you know, little fucking weapon skins, as the kids say. Yeah, some of it would be free, um, but most of the new weapons and stuff would be locked behind the season pass. I will say two new maps a season is impressive if that's real. This is the thing. We don't know if this is real. And that does seem like a very tall order to fit. What's a season? Three months, roughly? Usually. Depends yeah. on the game, I guess. But, like, I guess it depends, right? If if they've pre-made some maps, um, I think it's made on Unreal Engine 5. And I was watching some video about how easy making terrain is on Unreal Engine 5. So maybe that makes it easier. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you just got to balance these things. That's the hardest part. Like, Oh, I just made that up. It's definitely not an Unreal Engine. It's on Frostbite. Oh, well, of course. Never mind. <laughs> Duh. I- I should have known that one, actually. That's yeah, that was, uh, that was awkward. Maybe I should... Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Now, let's keep that in. I want everyone to know. Six to eight new weapons a season? I find that unbelievable. That's a lot of balancing. Oh, this game's not going to be balanced. <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be broken. Dude. You're crazy. They can't balance a game this like is... this. I've, I've come to that... I've, I've expected it. I've accepted it. It's okay. I just hope they don't do what Warzone does, because Warzone does some real fucking shady shit, where all of a sudden there's a gun that is just so overpowered, and then like, oh, it's just in the store, and you can just buy it now. Yeah. And that's what I don't want, because it felt like they would just overpower a gun so that it was in the quote-unquote meta, and all the streamers were using it all the time to win and be really good. Yeah. And then that would perpetuate sales, because they would just be like, oh, here's a fully kitted version in the store if you haven't unlocked it naturally through a battle pass and gotten to level 90 that's so annoying this is like yeah. this is also the franchise that gave us battlefield 5 with no limit on snipers and so you would just have entire teams of snipers not playing the fucking objectives sitting in the hills making my life a misery this is why i'm actually super stoked on portal because you can just turn off snipers yeah that is cool i do like or you that. can you can you could probably set a limit to them like i literally the guy said the only restrictions are you can't have at this point you can't have mixed teams of like yeah. different enemies from different eras uh and he pretty much said you cannot make a battle royale 
if you wanted to. There's just not the tools and things necessary to do that. Okay. But other than that, it sounds like you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. And if you want a game with no snipers or like four snipers a team, I'm all for that. I don't know if I hallucinated this, but I thought Battlefield 5 was just going to get like a bolt action only mode, like a realistic kind of setting. For some reason, that feels more like a Battlefield 1 thing. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Anyway, I do remember something like that, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think it ever happened necessarily. Um, the one thing I like about this Battlefield 2042 is it will have crossplay between PC, Xbox, and PS5. Yeah, so you're never going to uh, run out. Which is of... something, yeah, which is something Battlefield 5 doesn't have. And right now in Australia, finding a Battlefield 5 game is still doable, which is surprising. But it's just all you can play is Conquest. Yeah, don't play any other game mode. They're dead. Yeah, empty, empty AF. Anyway, we can move along. (laughs) All right, let's move into the feature of the week. This one comes to us from returning uh, hero, uh, Jade King of thegamer.com. This one, I knew this would get Govinda's goat, and this one is called Blitzball is Bad and Square Enix Should Feel Bad for Making It. As always, we're just going to open with the lead, and then after that, we're going to just take this idea, perpetuate it, really drill it home. Here we go. I'd like to have a very polite word with whoever designed Blitzball in Final Fantasy X. I understand that a fictional world like Spira needs a few nationwide sports to help it feel real, to convince us that its inhabitants exist in a place with a culture that has persisted for centuries. Blitzball is a cornerstone of this idea, essentially acting as a weeaboo rendition of football. Or is it rugby, basketball, water polo? It involves throwing and kicking a ball around. There's a goal and you do loads of swimming. Honestly, it's such an odd combination of different elements that I'm unsure how to describe it. What I can say with absolute certainty, though, is that it sucks. (laughs) No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Now, to set the scene, Govinda is a a proponent of Blitzball, so I knew this one would strike a chord. I like Blitzball so much that I thought they should make a standalone Blitzball game. For the uninitiated, we should set the scene, because Jade, obviously, she gets into it. It's fantastic. What is Blitzball, Govinda? It's from Final Fantasy X. Take it away. Look, I will say, (laughs) she has a good point in the article where she compares it to the first scene of the game where you are... Oh, it's totally badass. Where Titus is playing Blitzball in a cutscene, like, pre-rendered. It looks really nice for the time that it was made. Yeah. Um, and there's like Ramstein playing over the top of it, like heavy metal and it's super fun <laughs> and action-packed. And the game you actually get into is a turn-based sports game. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> where like, I, I think can, of it as underwater soccer. I yeah, think like that's... water polo, soccer, like all that is relevant yeah. essentially. But it is turn-based. It's kind of like the game itself. You but can it's... only swim so far before you get intercepted by another team member. And as soon as like the other team intercepts you, it stops and you turn into like almost like a battle. So then you'll have like, you'll have certain abilities, right? Like you'll, I'm, I'm, this is off memory. I haven't looked this up to, at all. Yeah, it's I did been play a, a good chunk of Blitzball. There was like a, a Venom pass, right? So you'll throw it. These RNG things happen in the background. Dice get rolled that you never see. Um, and sometimes you'll hit a player and if you get Venom, they get knocked out and you get, you can get past them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then there's also like special shots you can take. And at the start of the game, you're on a boat from Besaid, I think, to Luca, which is like the main city where you play Blitzball. Um, and you can learn a special shot. This is in the game, not in Blitzball. It's kind of meta that way, which I like. <laughs> it is. Um, and if you successfully made this shot from memory, you yeah. would then remember it and carry it into a Blitzball game with you, which was yeah, called the Jack shot. That was cool. 
I um I definitely didn't get that the first time I played, so you get murdered. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all that. about saving on the boat, and then yeah. if you miss it, you go back and do it again until you get it, because if you do want to play Blitzball, the jack shot is very good. And it's, I don't know, I just really liked it. And the thing that I liked as well is that, like, throughout the world of Spira, as you travel on your tail with, with the gang, um, you will meet people in the world that are Blitzball players, and you can recruit them onto your team. Now, this is key. You will not have a successful Blitzball team without recruiting players. Mm -hmm, You can't do it. mm -hmm. Because you got to get rid of Datto. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with Datto? I just remember Datto sucking. And I feel like like someone's going to correct me on this, but if I remember correctly, Datto sucks. You want to kick him off the team ASAP and get someone else on there. But yeah, it was just a fun... I put so many hours into it and I won like... I won the tournaments. Like it was... I put a lot of time into Blitzball. I have no regrets. Yeah. I think this article is just objectively wrong. <laughs> uh, I remember putting a lot of time into Blitzball too. Um, definitely, like, it's not the worst Final Fantasy mini mini game. Like, there's certainly more egregious things. It's, uh, for the record, this is no triple triad. The greatest Final Fantasy mini game from 8. You know this, Govinda. It's the collectible the card, card game. game. Yeah. Well, Incredible. Yeah, sure, but that has nothing on Gwent. No, I think it's better than Gwent. No, it's not. Gwent, Gwent is sucks. OG. No, it does not. You take that back. I thought that on my first playthrough, second playthrough of The Witcher. You know, no, no, here's... You know I what? played Gwent hard. You know how I know Gwent sucks? This is how I know Gwent sucks. Because if you actually play the official Gwent game... It's different to how it is in The Witcher 3. I actually, <laughs> like the rules uh, it's, are different. It's because they wanted to make it more in-depth, right? They wanted they to make did, it yeah, a more yeah. of a full game, right? Because they made mm. a full game release for Gwent. I'm not... In, whatever. All I'm the saying is like... game Gwent, I think, is so good. I'm a big fan. <laughs> There's a lot of tactics to it. Best two out of three. Anyway, we get, we're sidetracked. We get sidetracked, sidetracked on mini games. Blitzball's lit. I stand by it. <laughs> Jade King, eat your heart out. <laughs> look, she's not wrong in the... If you're to look at it today, it is basic as... Fuck. Oh, of course, but you can't look at it today. I think that whole game is a little bit basic as fuck if you look at it today. Like, it's a whole yeah. turn bait. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> oh, this through the I... lens of, like, 2001 me. I remember even then... Uh, well, here was my issue, was that I just didn't understand it. I didn't... True. And yeah, that's, I just that's didn't part understand of it, right? it. Not explained well. Uh, Not explained well, and you are kind of just, like, left there to figure it out. And when you do, it's worth it. I liked that there is the incentive of that's how you get Walker's ultimate weapon right you need to like beat the blitzball league or something oh yeah i think that i actually forgot about that yes i didn't get ultimate weapons i think that's where i failed with final fantasy 10 is i think you really do need at least some of them for the uh, the break limit i just think some of oh my god do you know what you had to do to get lulu's ultimate weapon was it the lightning strikes are you fucking kidding me with that that's such a (laughs) that's such a shit thing to make someone do I'll never forget when we all lived together and our other roommate attempting that. He got it eventually. He did, yeah, but I'll, I'll never forget. That. Uh, <laughs> Just the, uh... I don't know if he got it on that playthrough. He definitely got it on one of his playthroughs. For some reason, I remember it when we all lived on the coast. Yeah. I yep. think he got it. I remember him just in his room just zoning out to that and trying to get it <laughs> literally going into a trance like he was like if you just like blur your eyes and you just look for the flash it <laughs> this can't be healthy probably got way is. too high doing that <laughs> um, yeah I think that's oh, I don't know what was it a hundred lightning strikes you had to dodge in a row without missing any look maybe this game wasn't as bad as I'm recalling there's some like fucking classic classic oh, components dude, I- to this I stand by, I think Final Fantasy X is at least my favorite Final Fantasy game. Yeah, it's 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 good shit. It just holds a very nostalgic, special place in my heart. Mm. And I don't care what anyone says, I'm into it. I am shocked that Blitzball has not come to Final Fantasy XIV. Because what they are really doing 
in that MMO is just making it a fucking playground of all the best parts. Like, Triple Triad is in Final Fantasy fourteen. I wonder if they could do it. They definitely they could, like, could. still do a turn-based turn based thing. Would well, everyone could... be controlling their own player? Or would you control a whole team? They could do that. Like, they could definitely fucking figure that out. Um, like, you could do, like, 24-man raids that have, like, pretty wild mechanics going on. I'm sure they could figure this out. But yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's kind of something I wouldn't hate to check out. The problem, and again, just to keep bringing it back to our Jade's piece, the <laughs> I think the issue with it is they incorporate it into the story in such a way where there is like an early arc that is several hours long, and it's sort of all about Blitzball. And like, if you're trying to replay this game, or even just get to the point where you can play Blitzball. There's a lot of shit you gotta do. Do you remember they, like, kidnap Yuna and then the fucking monsters attack? Yeah, there's a big fight in there yeah, as well. Yeah, it's like... I, I don't, like I, again, I haven't played this in a long time, so I don't, maybe I'm skewing this a little bit, but I don't remember that being so bad. Like, it's I funny. like Blitzball, so maybe that's a bit of it. And I had the jack shot, and I always try to win. I did like that uh, she had a uh, she had a little cheese tactic in there to win that game every time, which I was a fan of. What was but that? You like jack shot and you can win. Or, like, chill I didn't understand the, it fully. Um, I definitely still don't understand it to this day. I, I don't understand it. Um, the game or the cheese? Oh, no, the cheese. So, yeah, she suggested just ta- uh, getting an o- early point and then you just chill out behind the goals and then the other team... Behind can't... your own goal or behind their goal? That behind was what their I goals. By. And then, yeah, you can't... Like, the AI just can't handle that. <laughs> so they just, like, <laughs> cannot score on you after that. Um, the one thing I'll say is if you are going to play this, you play the remaster and you can do, like, a... You can speed the game up. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's like a speed up thing, like a two times speed or something. All that I'm thinking of is this is my experience with Blitzball. It's like you get in position, you've got enough AP or whatever the fuck it is to like do the good shot. There's like three dudes in front of you and you like do the shot and then it goes to the cutscene and it's like, Dado breaks or Dado blocks and he like jumps up and goes, and then it like goes, Dado got a hand on it. And then the ball like flicks away and it does the exact same thing to the next guy. And finally, the final one will just like bat it away and you just go, fuck, (laughs) give me my 40 seconds back. Yeah, dude. Anyone in the way of the shot's going to take a shot to stop it. But it's the specific animation you get every time. (laughs) But it's just it was just a it was just RNG man. It's like it's like any RPG you play. Like you're gonna you got a chance to get it through. Mm. Based on your skill, the chance is better or worse, and sometimes you're gonna get blocked. I just I do feel like there is potential here for like a total you know, like you could add in a whole like team management element, like kinda like the soccer games, like you could people would use that like crack. So yeah, I'm coming down on the point of pro blitzball. I think it is good actually. <laughs> I'm pro Blitzball too. I think it could definitely use with some refining, but as a like mini game in another 80 hour game, yeah, all for it. Fantastic. I spent, I want to say I probably spent 20 hours playing Blitzball. Is that I crazy? I put in a couple. No, I think that's fine. I like sitting here in our ivory tower 20 years later, it's pretty easy to point out the flaws. Fuck, we're old. Yeah, this is a 20-year-old game. <laughs> I remember it when it came out. It's fucked. We talked about this last week. We don't need yeah, to really. Yeah, we did. I think uh, it's really just dawns and you need to say 20 years. Yeah, like in another 20 years, you'll probably be dead. But hey, doesn't that mean that it stood the test of time that we're still talking about this game 20 years later? I suppose it does. Like, there's a, I think it means it's one of the greats. Yeah, there's a million other... OG. How many times have we spoken about Final Fantasy IX? Just saying. I don't really like Final Fantasy IX, and that is blasphemy to a certain I've tried to play it twice, and I can't get through, like, the first ten hours. I think it's dumb. I think the characters are dumb. I don't like that he has a tail. <laughs> you don't like the tail? Um, I don't like really the Really quick man. aside, mm. the f- I really, if we're doing it, I think the one of the worst characters in the, any Final Fantasy game that's ever existed is Vaughn from Final Fantasy XII. 
I don't actually hate Van as much as everyone else does. Why, oh why, couldn't it have been his brother that was the lead character? Well, he had to die for Ash to be able to go on her arc. That's kind of, you know, she needed to rise up to the, the challenge. But here's the real one. When someone pointed this shit out to me, it blew my whole mind. Van and kind of Pinello have no role in the story at all. They do literally nothing at all. Outside of the first act where you run around the town with them, they do nothing, and they exist only to be, like, the point of view to, like, see the world. But they do yeah, um, nothing. I Penelo I, I can be okay with, but, like, Vaughn, I think, is literally the most whiny, worst main character of a Final if, Fantasy game. If you'll remember, his brother uh, dies in that opening scene, too, and that's all he gets for plot point. Like, he, his brother died and Bash fucking killed him or... The, they could have made the story Whatever. better if his brother was the main character instead. And he was hot too, so that was that helped. He was hot. He was a knight. He had something going for him. And then he gets a little cool. street rat Vaughn with his vest. Put a shirt on, dude. Are you kidding me? While we're, look, while we're just having a Final Fantasy rant, we got to round this out. But I just have to say that I've lived through two annoying Final Fantasy moments. And the first was that my whole life people gave me shit because I liked 8 the best. And that was considered bad because it was different. Then we had this whole fucking revisionist history a couple of years ago where everyone was like, actually, it was really far ahead of its time and it wasn't that bad. And I had to put up with that shit. And now that same thing is happening for Final Fantasy 13, except those people are fucking wrong. There's a whole contingent. Oh, that game's bad. They're coming out and they're like, it's actually really good. (laughs) You're like, no, it's not. I tried. I wanted so hard to like that game. I I remember that. I remember that. I was so hyped (laughs) on it coming out and I was like, it's good. Like, that's me convincing myself while telling other people, it's good, I'm, oh, it's fun, it's fun. Oh, and fun. I remember when I finally, like, 25 hours in, got to the bit where it opens up, I was like, fuck you, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. I actually played 13.2 and 13.3, and they're fucking terrible video games. Terrible. Yeah. Anyway, no. <laughs> give in to work and the good folk find us. Twitter and Instagram, at longlivepod. Send us a like, send us a share, do all those nice things. If you would like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well, that would be much appreciated. They're slowly trickling in. Mm. One of them was really wholesome. I actually really enjoyed it, but um, we can share it maybe next week. I don't know. <laughs> That's just for us. That's just for fun. That's just for us. Go over read. It's probably the last one that's sitting there right now. It's mm. super wholesome. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Well, look, I'm going to uh, retreat back into the, uh, the darkness that is my lockdown, and I'm going to keep inching towards that platinum. Yeah, platinum. I'm not going to do the platinum thing, but I'm going to inch back into my lockdown too. Although my lockdown now is editing this episode, so we better go so I have time to get this shit done. Thank you all, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.